Section 13, Volume 2 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night. Translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 2. Section 13 When it was the forty-seventh night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the young lady asked Sat al-Dawahi, By the truth of the Messiah, wilt wrestle with me, or dost jest? And she answered, Yea, I will wrestle with thee in very deed. Sharkan, looking on the while, the damsel cried, Rise up for the fall! and thou have spunk so to do. When the old woman heard this, she raged with exceeding rage, and her body hair stood on end like the bristles of a fretful hedgehog. Then she sprang to her feet, whilst the damsel stood up to her and said, Now, by the truth of the Messiah, I will not wrestle with thee unless I be naked, Mistress Whore. So she loosed her petticoat trousers, and putting her hand under her clothes, tore them off her body, then twisted up a silken kerchief into cord shape, girt it round her middle, and became as she were a scald head if Rita or a spotted snake. With this she inclined towards the damsel, and said, Do thou as I have done. All this time Sharkan was gazing at the twain, and laughing at the beldam's loathly semblance. So the damsel leisurely rose, and, taking a sash of Yamani stuff, passed it twice round her waist. Then she tucked up her trousers, and displayed two calves of alabaster, carrying a moon of crystal, smooth and rounded, and a stomach which exhaled musk from its dimples, as it were a bed of Numan's anemones and breasts like double pomegranates. Then the old woman leant towards her, and the two laid hold either of each, while Charkan raised his head heavenwards and prayed Allah that the bell might beat the beldam. Presently the young woman get beneath the old woman, and gripping her waist-cloth with the left and circling her neck with the right hand, hoisted her off the ground with both whereupon the old woman strove to free herself, and, in so doing, fell on her back arsiversy. With her legs high in air, and her hairy bush between them, showed manifest in the moonshine. Furthermore, she let fly two great farts, one of which blew up the dust from the earth's face, and the other steamed up to the gate of heaven. Sharkan laughed till he fell back upon the ground. Then he arose, and, bearing his brand, looked right and left. But he saw no one save the old woman sprawling on her back, and said to himself, He lied not who named thee Lady of Calamities. Verily thou knewst her prowess by her performance upon the others. So he drew near them to hear what should pass between them. Then the young lady went up to the old one, and, throwing a wrapper of thin silk upon her nakedness, helped her to don her clothes, and made excuses, saying, Oh, my lady, Satal Davai, I intended only to throw thee, and not all this, but thou triedst to twist out of my hands, 
so laud to Allah for safety. She returned her no answer, but rose in her shame and walked away till out of sight, leaving the handmaids prostrate and pinioned, with the fair damsel standing amongst them. Quoth Sharkan to himself, Every luck has its cause. Sleep did not fall upon me, nor the war-horse bear me hither, save for my good fortune. For doubtless this maid, and what is with her, shall become booty to me. So he made towards his steed, and mounted and heeled him on. When he sped as the shaft speeds from the bow, and in his hand he still held his brand bare of sheath, which he brandished, shouting the while his war-cry, Allah is almighty! When the damsel saw him, she sprang to her feet, and taking firm stand on the bank of the stream, whose breadth was six ells, the normal cubits made one bound and landed clear on the farther side, where she turned and cried out with a loud voice, Who art thou, O thou fellow, that breakst in upon our privacy and pastime, and that to hanger in hand as if charging a host? Whence camest thou, and whither art thou going? Speak sooth, for truth will stand thee in good stead, and lie not, for lies come of villain breed. Doubtless thou hast wandered this night from thy way, that thou chancest upon this place, whence escape were the greatest of mercies. For thou art now in an open plain, and did we shout but a single shout, would come to our rescue four thousand knights. So tell me what thou wantest, and if thou wouldst only have us set thee on the right road, we will do so. When Sharkan heard her words, he replied, I am a stranger of the Moslems, who fared forth this night single-handed, seeking for spoil. Nor could this moonlight show me a fairer booty than these ten maidens, so I shall seize them and rejoin my comrades with them. Quoth she, I would have thee know that as for the booty thou hast not come at it, and as for the handmaids, by Allah they shall never be thy spoil. Have I not told thee that to lie is villain vile? Quoth he, The wise man is he who takes warning by others. Thereupon quoth she, By the truth of the Messiah, did I not fear that thy death would be on my hands? I would shout a shout, should fill the mead for thee with war-steeds and with men of might. But I take pity upon the stranger. So, if thou seek booty, I require of thee that thou alight from thy steed, and swear to me, by thy faith, that thou wilt not advance against me aught like arms in hand, and we will wrestle. I and thou, if thou throw me, Set me on thy steed, and take all of us to thy booty. But if I throw thee, thou shalt become under my command. Swear this to me, for I fear thy treachery. Indeed it has become a common saw. Where perfidy is innate, their trust is a weakly mate. Now, and thou wilt swear, I will return and draw near to thee and tackle thee. Answered Sharkan, and indeed he lusted to seize her, and said in his soul, Truly she knoweth not that I am a champion of champions. 
swear me by what oath thou wilt and by what thou deemst most binding and i will not approach thee with aught till thou hast made thy preparation and saidst draw near that i wrestle with thee if thou throw me i have money wherewithal to ransom myself and if i throw thee twill be booty and booty enough for me rejoined the damsel i am content herewith and sharkan was astounded at her words and said and by the truth of the apostle whom allah bless and keep i too am content on the other part then said she swear to me by him whose sprite in body died and dealt laws to rule mankind aright that thou wilt not offer me aught of violence save by way of wrestling else mayst thou die without the pale of al-islam sharkan replied by allah were a kazi to swear me even though he were a kazi of the kazis he would not impose upon me such an oath as this then he sware to her by all she named and tied his steed to a tree but he was drowned in the sea of thought saying in himself praise be to him who fashioned her from dirty water then he girt himself and made ready for wrestling and said to her cross the stream to me but she replied it is not for me to come over to thee if thou wilt pass thou over here to me i cannot do that quoth he and quoth she o oh boy i will come across to thee so she tucked up her skirts and leaping landed on the other side of the stream by his side whereupon he drew near to her and bent him forwards and clapped palms but he was confounded by her beauty and loveliness for he saw a shape which the hand of power had tanned with the dye leaves of the jan which had been fostered by the hand of beneficence and fanned by the seafers of fair's fortune and whose birth a propitious ascendant had greeted then she called out to him o moslem come on and let us wrestle ere the break of morning and tucked up her sleeves from a forearm like fresh curd which illumined the whole place with its whiteness and sharkan was dazzled by it then he bent forwards and clapped his palms by way of challenge she doing the like and caught hold of her and the two grappled and gripped and interlocked hands and arms presently he shifted his hands to her slender waist when his fingertips sank into the soft folds of her middle breeding languishment and he fell a-trembling like a persian reed in the roaring gale so she lifted him up and throwing him to the ground sat upon his breast with hips and hinder cheeks like moans of sand for his soul had lost mastery over his senses then she asked him o moslem the slaying of nazarenes is lawful to your folk what then hast thou to say about being slain thyself and he answered o my lady thy speech as regards slaying me is not other than unlawful for our prophet mohammed whom allah bless and preserve prohibited the slaying of women and children old men and monks 
As it was thus revealed to your prophet, she replied, it behoveth us to render the equivalent of his mercy. So rise, I give thee thy life, for generosity is never lost upon the generous. Then she got off his breast, and he rose and stood shaking the dust from his head against the owners of the curved rib, even women, and she said to him, Be not ashamed, but verily one who entereth the land of Rome in quest of booty, and comes to assist kings against kings, how happens it that he has not strength enough to defend himself from one made out of the curved rib? Twas not for lack of strength in me, he answered, nor didst thou throw me by thy force. It was thy loveliness overthrew me. So, if thou wilt grant me another bout, it will be of thy courtesy. She laughed and said, I grant thee thy request, but these handmaids have long been pinioned, and their arms and sides are weary, and it were only right I should lose them, for haply this next wrestling boat will be long. Then she went to the slave girls, and unbinding them, said to them in the tongue of Greece, Get ye to some safe place till I foil this Muslim's lust and longing for you. So they went away, whilst Sharkan kept gazing at them, and they kept turning to look at the two. Then each approached the adversary, and he set his breast against hers, but when he felt waist touch waist, his strength failed him and she, waxing ware of this, lifted him with her hands swiftier than the blinding leaven-flash, and threw him to the ground. He fell on his back, and then she said to him, Rise, I give thy thy life a second time. I spared thee in the first count because of thy prophet, for that he made unlawful the slaying of women and I do so on the second count because of thy weakliness and the greenness of thine years and thy strangerhood. But I charge thee, if there be in the Muslim army sent by Omar bin al-Numan to succour the king of Constantinople, a stronger than thou, send him hither and tell him of me. For in wrestling there are shifts and trips, catches and holds, such as the feint or falsing and the snap of first grip, the hug, the feet catch, the thigh light, the jostle and the leg lock. By Allah, O my lady, quoth Sharkan, and indeed he was highly incensed against her. Had I been Master al-Safti, Master Mohammed Kimal, or Ibn al-Sadi, as they were in their prime, I had kept no note of these shifts thou mentionest, for, O oh, my mistress, by Allah thou hast not grasped me by thy strength, but by blandishments of thy back parts, for we men of Mesopotamia so love a full-formed thigh that nor sense was left me nor foresight. But now, and thou wish... Thou shalt try a third fall with me, while my wits are about me, and this last match is allowed me by the laws of the game, which says, The best of three. Moreover, I have regained my presence of mind. When she heard his words, she said to him, 
Hast thou not had a belly full of this wrestling, O vanquished one? However, come on, and thou wilt, but know that this must be the last round. Then she bent forward and challenged him, and Sharkan did likewise, setting to it in real earnest and being right cautious about the throw. So the two strove a while, and the damsel found in him a strength such as he had not observed before, and said to him, O Moslem, thou art now on thy mettle. Yes, he replied, thou knowest that there remains to me but this one round, after which each of us will wend a different way. She laughed, and he laughed too. Then she overreached at his thigh and caught firm hold of it unawares, which made him greet the ground and fall full on his back. She laughed at him and said, Art thou an eater of bran? Thou art like a badavi's bonnet which falls off with every touch, or else the father of winds that drops before a puff of air. Fie upon thee, O thou poor thing! adding, Get thee back to the Moslem army, and send us other than thyself, for thou fairest of Thus, and proclaim for us among the Arabs and Persians, the Turks and Dalamites. Whoso has might in him, let him come to us. Then she made a spring and landed on the other side of the stream, and said to Sharkan, laughing, Parting with thee is right grievous to me, O my lord. But get thee to thy mates before dawn, lest the knights come upon thee and pick thee up on their lance-points. Thou hast no strength to defend thee against a woman, so how couldst thou hold thine own amongst men of might and knights? Sharkan was confounded and called to her, as she turned from him making towards the convent. O oh, my lady, wilt thou go away and leave the miserable stranger, the broken-hearted slave of love? So she turned to him laughing and said, What is thy want? I will grant thee thy prayer. Have I set foot in thy country and tasted the sweetness of thy courtesy? replied he, and shall I return without eating of thy victual and tasting thy hospitality? I who have become one of thy servitors? None balk kindliness save the base, she rejoined. Honour us in Allah's name. On my head and eyes be it. Mount thy steed and ride along the brink of the stream over against me, for now thou art my guest. At this Sharkan was glad, and, hastening back to his horse, mounted and walked him abreast of her and she kept faring on till they came to a drawbridge, built of beams of the white poplar, hung by pulleys and steel chains, and made fast with hooks and padlocks. When Sharkan looked, he saw awaiting her upon the bridge the same ten handmaids whom she had thrown in the wrestling boats. And as she came up to them, she said to one in the Greek tongue, Arise, and take the reins of his horse, and conduct him across into the convent. So she went up to Sharkan, and led him over, much puzzled and perturbed with what he saw, and saying to himself, 
Oh, would that the Vazir Dandan were here with me, that his eyes might look upon these fairest of favours. Then he turned to the young lady and said to her, O oh, marvel of loveliness, now I have two claims upon thee. First the claim of good fellowship, and secondly for that thou hast carried me to thy home and offered me thy hospitality. I am now under thy commandance and thy guidance. So do me one last favour by accompanying me to the lands of Al-Islam, where thou shalt look upon many a lion-hearted warrior, and thou shalt learn who I am. When she heard this, she was angered and said to him, By the truth of the Messiah, thou hast proved thyself with me a man of keen wit, but now I see what mischief therein in thy heart and how thou canst permit thyself a speech which proves thy traitorous intent. How should I do as thou sayest, when I wot that if I came to that king of yours, Omar bin al-Nu'uman, I should never get free from him? For truly he hath not the like of me, or behind his city walls, or within his palace halls, lord of Baghdad and of Khorasan, though he be who has built for himself twelve pavilions in number as the month of the year, and in each a concubine after the number of the days. And if I come to him, he would not prove shy of me, for your folk believe I am lawful to have and hold, as is said in your writ. Or those women whom your right hand shall possess as slaves, so how canst thou speak thus to me? As for thy saying, thou shalt look upon the braves of the Moslems. By the truth of the Messiah, thou sayest that which is not true. For I saw your army when it reached our land these two days ago, and I did not see that your ordinance was the ordinance of kings but I beheld only a rabble of tribesmen gathered together. And as to thy words, thou shalt know who I am. I did not do thee kindness because of thy dignity, but out of pride in myself, and the like of thee should not talk thus to the like of me, even wert thou Sharkan, Omar bin al-Nu'uman's son, the prowess name in these days. Knowst thou Sharkan? asked he, and she answered, Yes, and I know of his coming with an army numbering ten thousand horsemen, also that he was sent by his sire with his force to gain prevalence for the king of Constantinople. O oh, my lady, said Sharkan, I adjure thee by the religion, tell me the cause of all this that sooth may appear to me clear of untruth, and with whom the fault lies. Now, by the virtue of thy faith, she replied, did I not fear lest the news of me be bruited abroad, that I am of the daughters of Rome? I would adventure myself, and sally forth single-handed against the ten thousand horsemen, and slay their leader, the Vasir Dandan, and vanquish their champion Sharkan. 
nor would aught of shame accrue to me thereby, for I have read books and studied the rules of good breeding in the language of the Arabs. But I have no need to vaunt my own prowess to thee, more by token as thou hast proved in thy proper person my skill and strength in wrestling, and thou hast learnt my superiority over other women. Nor, indeed, had Sharkan himself been here this night, and it were said to him, Clear this stream, could he have done it, and I only long and lust that the Messiah would throw him into my hands in this very convent, that I might go forth to him in the habit of a man, and drag him from his saddle-seat, and make him my captive, and lay him in bilbos. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. End of section 13 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 2 Read by Lars Rolander